La 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 la. I did you wrong. My heart went out to play. But in the game, I lost you. What a price to pay. I'm crying. I was listening to that shit. Ooh, baby, baby. Y'all remember that shit? The last generation, man. The last generation to get that real good, good music, man. Yeah, man. The generation that came after me, they kind of have an idea about it. Kind of, but not really. They don't really know the real what's going on. You know what I'm talking about? They don't know the real what's going on. When it comes to good music that got some soul on it. You know what motherfuckers watch? Soul Train. You know what I'm saying? When soul was a thing, man. They sure got us out of that boat, didn't they? They got us out of that soul boat, nigga. We on demon time. <laughs> yeah, nigga. Nigga, fuck some soul, nigga. I'm on demon time. What's going on, everybody out there? Simba Ali, we are here again. Like I said, two episodes. That's amazing, though, ain't it? I went from, what, one episode every three months. <laughs> one episode every three months sometimes. It was the average. To two episodes a motherfucking week. We are having fun. Um, Let's spend a little bit of time in homeroom real fast. Let me get everybody caught up in the going zone. Hold on. Get everybody caught up. Homeroom. Let's get in the homeroom. Sons, friendship, overpowered, paternal tensions. Yeah, man. Um, uh, if you follow, if you follow the North Star podcast, then you know what's going on. There's no what what uh certain things don't need to be explained. What they say, what's understood don't need to be explained. But um, I have kind of a, a difference of opinion from a fellow podcaster out there, but he's friends. Or his son is friends with my son. So this was a prime example of sometimes things are bigger than you. You know what I mean? Like my son wanted to go spend the night over his son's house for a birthday party. And I was just giving them the vibes. That's not what I wanted. And he was giving me the vibes back like, dad, come on, man. Don't let your bullshit interfere with my friendship. You know what I'm saying? So basically to make a long story short, my son really wanted to go to this uh, sleepover. So I had to reach out to the pops and say, hey, man, I know we may. I didn't even say that. Like I said, what needs to be. Um, what's the word? Am I saying it right? What's understood doesn't need to be said. Something to those degrees. But um, all in all, I basically just said, hey, man, you know, I hope my son. It's not a problem for him to come over there. Um, and just so you know, anytime if your son's over here because they're friends, your son will be treated with the utmost respect. Um, it's not that big of a deal where, you know, it's just a difference of opinions and differences of paths, of podcast paths. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, all in all, I had to do the adult thing and reach out so my son's friendship wouldn't be tarnished by his controversial father's podcasting <laughs> podcasting platform. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it was just one of them situations where I had to do a little self-reflection. Like I tell everybody, I wouldn't tell my listeners and my people who fuck with my podcast to do nothing I wouldn't do. Sometimes it's the man in the mirror. Most times, all the time. It's the man in the motherfucking mirror. You got to look at him and say, hey, man, what the fuck are you doing, man? You really going to try to carry this beef on with your son and fuck up his relationship? He's trying to go have a fucking sleepover where he can play video games and shit all night. Like don't don't deny your son of that because of your fucking thing. So I had to grow up and make a grown up decision. And um, yeah, I'm proud of myself for doing that. That's why basically why I came to talk to you guys. I want some fucking credit. I just did a grown up thing. Everybody, give me some fucking credit. Everybody wants to criticize the king. Give me some credit when I do the grown up thing. Ooh, bars, <laughs> bars. Like my nigga OG Percy say bars. <laughs> Percy Dickerson, 
Okay, okay. Do y'all follow OG Percy? If you don't, look, just type it in. OG Percy, he's a funny nigga, man. Them niggas be having me dying. Them is my real niggas are my source of comedy. You know what I'm saying? There's not too many comedians that I laugh from the pit of my stomach at. But you get you an authentic YouTube nigga, and he's just being himself. That's why, you know, Charleston White, that nigga, that's why him doing comedy is perfect. Because that's what he, like, don't get it confused. Dick Gregory is a comedian. But when he gets to talking and saying certain things, it riles up and revs up your Negro spirit and, your, you know, your revolutionary spirit and your love for your ancestors. So I don't necessarily look at Charleston like a, well, he is a black leader in a sense. So he is a, a leader. But I don't look at him in the sense of how what you think of your standard lead. He's a Malcolm X. No, man, he's a comedian. He's a comedian. And he says funny shit. And he says witty shit. And he says shit, things that make you think, especially if you're a Negro. Might not make you think. You might just laugh or you might just get mad at other races. But when you're a Negro and you hear him talk, you feel something like, damn, man. That, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He's just like I said, I came in singing Smokey Robinson and I was explaining that you guys don't get the music no more. Charleston White represents that old nigga energy that's probably going to be gone. I, the next generation of niggas ain't going to have a nigga with that kind of flair. That's that flair, the, the way that Charleston White talks, the energy that he talks with, his ability to make you laugh, that what you see. And the same thing a lot of people see when they watch me is that last spark that last smell you know what i'm saying to that so when it was so because that was our last transformation black people's went through a lot of transformations in this country you know we went from relocated to animals to being seen as humans to inventors and creators and pioneers and then we went through uh, fighters freedom fighters and then we got to that generation so you know, with the brothers with the afros and the bell bottoms, and hey, what's hey, cat daddy? We represent the last smell of that. After that, niggas turned into something else. They turned into African Americans. <laughs> yeah, that's what's gonna be on. That's what's gonna be in America, African Americans. But as far as the nigga, the Negro, Afro American, black nigga, we finna be gone. So yeah, that's all. You know, my son had a um. My, my feelings, my love for my son overtook my own bullheadedness and arrogance and my ego and all of that other kind of stuff. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, we want our children to have the best. And it was good to see he wanted the same thing for his son. When I reached out, it wasn't, no, he was like, yeah, man, he was talking to me about this. So the dude is cool. He's a cool guy, man. You know, it was never about, I'm just so fucking competitive and I'm, you know, I'm, I gotta, I gotta work on that. That's probably something that I need to work on. I do get a little bit of hot tempered and a little bit of impulsive, you know, sometimes still when I get upset, it takes a lot to get me upset. But when I get upset, I still get very impulsive. But at the end of the day, dude's a cool dude. You know what I mean? And he just wanted the same thing. He just like, look, man, our sons rock with each other. I just want my son to be happy. And his friends are hard to come by. You know what I'm saying? Shit. I'm going to keep it a bean with you. Get some good friends, man. That shit's hard to come by. So if you can get you some friends, man, get them. And hopefully their father's podcast differences or tensions or disagreements don't interfere with a good friendship. So, like I said, I want my flowers. Everybody applause and yeah, can, come on. Yeah, thank you. Shoot me my fucking credit, nigga. Shit. I'm growing up. All right, let's get into let's get into this motherfucking wild world right here. Ah, oh, did you guys see Wallow and Gilly, nigga? Wallow and Gilly, nigga. This nigga, wow. Well, Wallow looked the bean. If you don't know Wallow and Gilly, Dave Portnoy called what um, Angel Reese did to Caitlin Clark. He called it classless and said he disagrees and he hates it and it's it's low class and a lot of, a lot of inflammatory words towards Miss Angel. And we all know that um, Gilly and Wallow's podcast, Million Dollars Worth of Game, is a subsidiary or an employee of Barstool. So when we seen um, after Dave Portnoy made his statements on tw via Twitter, um, <laughs> Gillian Wallow felt the need to come and address it. Now, the funny thing is about this is that <laughs> Gilly's usually the outspoken joke cracking nigga, right? 
That's Gilly, right? Gilly's usually that, right? Gilly's usually the outspoken, joke-cracking nigga. Nigga, that nigga Gilly looked like a house slave that was scared he was about to, his cousin. That nigga Gilly looked like a house slave who was fearful that his field nigga cousin was about to say something off the porch that was going to get they both they ass whooped. That's what it looked like with Gilly. <laughs> I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> I ain't going to hold you. I ain't going to hold you. Now, keep in mind I said that, right? Everybody fucking keep in mind. Give me my fucking credit. Everybody remember what I said when you watch this clip of Wallow again. Now, like I said, usually Gilly is the Joe Kraken Witster. He's the one with all the slick shit to say, and he's the mouth of the fucking podcast, really. Wallow just provides a good energy sermon once in a while to the Negro bullshit that happens to transpire 90% of the time on their podcast, right? Gilly provides the logical penitentiary voice of reason to the 90% otherwise bullshit street nigga crazy shit that goes on on the podcast. I love it. I think Wallow and Gilly got one of the top podcasts. Them, him and Joe Button is like neck and neck and drink champ. I think he might even surpass drink champs. But anyway, um, yeah, nigga, when you're watching this video, just keep in mind that I'm saying Simbali, that nigga Gilly looks like a scared field nigga, scared house nigga. Sorry, Gilly looks like a scared house nigga, terrified that the next words that come out of his field nigga cousin's mouth off the porch is gonna get both of their ass whooped by massa portnoy from the barstool plantation let's get into it people let's get into it people it's y'all time man this is uh y'all y'all did y'all thing congratulations for being the champions and i'm gonna say this we don't stand with nothing that dave portnoy said in any type shape forms or fashion we're not in agreement with that we're not in alignment with that in any way uh and number two Million dollars worth of game, LLC, is owned by two people, Wallace Peoples and Fernando Rossier. We do not work for Barstool. We have a partnership. We have a licensing deal. 100%. Stop, Wallow. Stop, Wallow. Stop. I know this is the kind of shit that make rich niggas like Dave Portnoy watch this and was fucking dying. Dave Portnoy. Dave Portnoy, the billionaire white dudes, man. The billionaire white dudes watch shit like this and just laugh in their own socks. <laughs> Hey guys, check this out. Gillian Wallace said we're partners and we're licensing this some shit like that. Nigga, please, if Barstool did not pump funds and advertisement and fucking supplies into that podcast, you'd be doing just what I'm doing, nigga. Podcasting from your crib, nigga. Fuck you talking about, nigga. There's no fucking way. Barstool keeps the lights on. Wallow, stop, niggas, with that shit. Stop with that partnership shit when you can't survive without them and they can survive fine without you. It's not a partnership, nigga. You're an employee. You're a subsidiary. That's what I called it originally. I was trying to be politically correct, and I called it a subsidiary because that's what it fucking is. Don't fuck. We're in the LLC. We're in a partnership, nigga. Can you cut Barstool's lights off? They can cut your lights off. Yeah, 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 yeah. They can cut your motherfucking lights off, Gilly. Fucking in Wallow. Like I say, great fucking podcast. And the and that deal that you guys got, I don't know, was that deal. That was the Barstool deal, right? Where you guys start popping champagne. Gilly, you didn't have no cars. Gilly, you didn't have any cars. You got you and Wallow were staying together in that fucking apartment that, you know, the white apartment. It was a nice apartment. It was nice. But I'm saying two men staying together like niggas was struggling. We was trying to make shit work. You didn't have no vehicles. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. We seen when the barstool shit started to materialize and you got that bag, nigga. Life changed, nigga. That's not partnership, nigga. That's employee, nigga. That's I do not want to lose this. That's that's and I guarantee that Wallow probably called Dave Portnoy and say, hey, man, we're about to go online and disagree with what you said for the culture. I'm sure that's what was said. That's how black people talk at the higher end of the table where you niggas never get to sit and eat. Yeah, he makes a call to Dave Portnoy before he even does this interview and says, hey, man, I got to go out there and say some shit against you for the culture. And Dave's like, Nick, go ahead, say it for the culture. Yeah, talk about how we're partners in LLCs and all that shit. Go ahead. Just to make sure your black people don't lose faith in you and we can keep milking the fucking energy from your people out of their minds. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about anyway, let's keep going. We don't want to have to. Man, please. This shit crazy.
The ownership is by us. We don't have no bosses. I only got one boss, and that's God. And man, that's when you know niggas is full of shit. That's when you know niggas is full of shit. I only got one boss, and that's God. Nigga, that's like saying only God can judge me, nigga, when you're on trial and you're looking at a judge who has the power to put you in prison. I only fear one man. I only got one boss, and that's God. Dave was like, can you hear you believe this shit? You only got one boss, and that's God. So my name is God Dave Portnoy. I only got one boss, and that's God. Nigga, look at Gilly sitting back there like, nigga, we got multiple bosses. <laughs> Gilly sitting back there like, you see, Gilly ain't said one fucking word. The mouth, nigga. The mouth. The one, the mouth of the motherfucking South ain't said nothing, nigga. Nigga, the illest in Philly, the realest in Philly. Gilly the kid sitting back looking. You see that nigga's eyes? He already got some big eyes, bubbled eyes, but that nigga's eyes is like, oh shit, eyes knows we's gonna get whoops for this one. Oh shit, now I told Gillies before we, <laughs> that nigga, nigga, look at his face, nigga. Why are y'all fucking with me? Leave me the fuck alone, man. Y'all wanted, y'all wanted to do this shit. Hold on, B. Look at this nigga Gilly's face, nigga. Look at Gilly's face, nigga. Look at Gilly's fucking face. Eyes, eyes, toes, wild holes. Before we ate some fucking chitlins. Now he gotta be careful talking to Master Bordenoy. And Gilly full of that shit. Gilly full of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that got plenty niggas killed in this country. The fucking Holy Ghost. Think God niggas killed, nigga. You think God, nigga, you finna meet the Lord, nigga. Fuck are you tripping about? <laughs> when, when, wallow. Ah, I can't do this, man. My ribs is hurting. Ah, my ribs are hurting. Ah, that nigga wallow. As soon as that nigga wallow said, I only got one boss, and that's God. That nigga Gilly. It's over, nigga. He's overboard, nigga. All that shit that he was saying was that smooth penitentiary shit. I'm telling you guys, man. The penitentiary shit only is useful in penitentiary situations. You guys. Oh, you guys aren't following. Oh, man. You guys don't understand, nigga. That nigga Gilly said, oh, shit. This nigga said, we, on, we got about four bosses, man. Yeah, man. In real life, we got about four real bosses. Not spirits that hover above and create life in outer space and in space and inner space. No, nigga. We got three Jewish guys that are our boss that are hearing Wallow say, we ain't on no plantation. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, Wallow. I only got one boss, and that's God. Oh, shit, nigga. <laughs> nigga look at Gilly's eyes, though, nigga. Look at Gilly's eyes. He's like, oh, shit. Wallow then lost it. Here go that penitentiary shit. Ain't, oh, shit. Here we go. I'm sorry, y'all. Let's keep going. That's how we rock him. Yeah, you know how that shit go, cuz. Look, he that's trying to crack a joke. Jokey joke. Look, he's trying to. Now, now he's reverted to the side nigga role. Now Gilly's reverted to the side nigga role. Look, that nigga Gilly like, oh, I thought your wife was your boss. Now they're going to try to crack jokes and be funny. Oh, man. Oh. Tootie got the control of the money. Oh, okay. Well, sure. Yeah, so, but what I'm saying is, shout out to Angela Reese. You did a great job, young sister. And uh, we're not just going to stand for that. Like, like, like Dave, like, for her to be a classless piece of shit because of basketball, you, you're wrong about that shit. And we love you, Dave. We fuck with you. Oh, Dave. and we love you, Mouthful. That nigga said his Mouthful. You see that nigga Gilly, that's all he wanted to do. That was that's the only reason why Gilly showed up because he said I got it and we love you, Dave, and we love you, Dave. Whoa, boy, I'm telling you, man, you do not. And these niggas would call a nigga who like Charleston White or myself. These niggas would call us coons. But nigga, when you see them niggas get to shucking and jiving and smiling and shucking and jiving, and we love you, Dave. Well, why we gotta scream? That's the only thing you gonna say, nigga. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, man, tell me something, man. 
<laughs> like, nigga, I don't need you to say the man. The song's gonna be a hit with, oh yeah, man, tell me something, man. You never heard that story about the seventh Beatle? Yeah, it was supposed to be one more Beatle, nigga, but the only thing he could do was say, man. <laughs> That's like Gilly over there. And we love you, Dave. Gilly, we watched this whole thing waiting for you to say some groundbreaking shit. You know what does usually Gilly say? Right. We was waiting for some of that. Right. You know what I'm saying? That nigga sat back there like a church mouse, nigga. That nigga was scared as shit, had a cold, and was scared to sniff, nigga, like my nigga DB. said. that's what my nigga DB said. <laughs> nigga was scared as shit, had a cold, and was scared to sniff, nigga. Fuck you talking about, nigga. Nigga sat there the whole time. And we love you, Dave. Ha <laughs> ha, boy. The niggas get, I'm telling you, street niggas out of, hey, son. Hey, massa. Coon, Charleston White. Coon, Zimbali. Hey, massa. And we love you, Dave. <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you, if you let these niggas trick you, you'll be tricked. Let niggas trick you and you'll be tricked. Hey, but we fuck with you the long way. You're totally out of pocket for Ooh, that. You fuck with you the long way. He didn't even say no homo after that or, or pause, nigga. He didn't even say pause. We fuck with you the long way, Dave. Whoa, I, 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 don't, I don't fuck with no niggas the long way. Now I can't say that. We fuck with you the long way. He's letting it be known, boy. I'm telling you. And the converse. I told you they probably made a call before they did this. The room for that, for a human being to be a classic piece of shit for sports where it's nothing but trash talking and talk, we not doing that. We not going to do that shit. And we not going to let you do that to, to ours. We can't, we can't go for that shit. We not going to be having that. But uh, shout out to Angela Reese, she did your thing. Shout out to everybody that was involved, all you women. Played the ball and had a hell of a uh, time. But we need to be talking about something different. Shout out to Alva too, they came up and played hard. Yeah, they played hard, but shout out to That nigga said, look, and Gilly's on some nigga shit. Are you guys watching this? Are you guys fucking watching this? Nigga shit is happening right live on camera. If you're not watching this in the chat room, if you're not loving this, I don't give a fuck. This is crazy. This nigga Wallow was on nigga time. All them years in the penitentiary, Wallow and fucking snapped. Okay, all them years in the penitentiary wallowed and snapped. He is on nigga time, and Gilly keeps coming in. Shout out to Iowa, though. Man, they came back. He, everything he can do to Massa. Oh, please don't hurt me, Massa. Wallow lost it. His field nigga all the years of picking cotton and snapped. He tried to be, you know, he tried to hang out on the porch, but he snapped. Even right then, he was like, yeah, yeah, fuck all that, nigga. Gilly was like, hey, man, Iowa play great. Wallow looked at him like, man, look, fuck all that. He turned into big cuz. Usually Wallow's little cuz. Yeah, usually Wallow's 267, he's little cuz. Even though he's the older one, he's little cuz to Gilly. Right then, he turned back into big cuz. Hey, man. Yeah, fuck all that, nigga. That nigga looked back at Gilly like, fuck all that, nigga. Fuck Iowa, nigga. He's on nigga time, man. Oh, man, let's watch it unfold, you guys. This shit is, this shit is hilarious. Y'all did a great job. Congratulations, Queens, on your championship. And it's just like that. Right. Black <laughs> wow. That was funny. That was funny. So yeah, that's why I say that's why. <clears throat> Simba, why don't you, you you say you don't listen to street niggas and you say you don't you don't listen to street? I don't, nigga, because them niggas are some of the most buck dancing is they just do it in a different way. They have a different way of doing it. But they still buck dance. They're not out here like independent, free black citizens doing their own black maroon society type shit. Them niggas is dancing just how they get mad at us for dancing. Whatever they may consider us doing to all oh, you're doing that, you they do the same fucking thing, man. So anyway, that was that. I know you guys seen that. That was on the headlines for a while. I kept laughing. I couldn't even think of anything else to say but what I just said. That nigga Gilly looked like a fucking house nigga. That was scared that his field nigga cousin was about to say something to get both they asses whipped. That nigga get shout out to Iowa and we fuck with you, Dave. The long way, man. Remember what I said at the beginning of this podcast? What's understood doesn't need to be said. So that's letting you know that <laughs> Dave hangs out with a different crowd. <clears throat> and Gilly felt like he had to let that be known. See, when you real like that, you can say what you got to say. I don't got a call before. I can say what the fuck I got to say. And you already know I fuck with you the long way. You already know we friends for real. I don't have to be fearful of you pulling the plug on my operations and my lights going out. You know what I mean? But if that's not the case, then I got to watch 
I got to watch how I walk, watch how I talk. Uh, <clears throat> fucking Donald Trump. Damn, man. The Donald Trump trial begins, man. Yeah, man. I'm down in the fucking dumps, man. My president is under trial like fucking Young Thug. Yeah, you know and I mean, <clears throat> now I feel what everybody was feeling when Young Thug was going through his trial. That's how I feel about Donald Trump going through his trial. I, I'm alone. It's only me and a couple small section of the niggas that feel like that. But we're our fucking nigga, our gangsters on trial, and we feel like it ain't right. God damn it. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna keep it a bean. It's a small select group of niggas who mad the bitch, just like the rest of the 99% of Americans were when Young Thug went on trial. And I was like, man, I don't give a fuck about no Young Thug. Man, Young Thug, isn't it, man? Young Thug killed niggas, man. He murdered them for damn fuck y'all talking about man criminals that's what you go through but not when you nigga what do they got this nigga paying some hush money hush shut up bitch money that's what y'all really trying to lock up the ex-president for all the presidents that we've had in this country we finna lock this one up because he gave a bitch named stormy daniels and a doorman and somebody else some goddamn hush money man i don't know man i'm pretty upset man i'm just gonna keep it a hundred percent thousand with you guys man we're finna lock up the first president uh he has a great who's the guy that he has on his team defending him he has he has a nice uh legal team who's my <clears throat> who's my goddamn president have oh todd todd blanche yeah yeah the top criminal defense lawyer and federal prosecutor todd blanche you know what the fuck he is let's go man but doesn't this seem like this is all about disrupting trump's chances of running for 2024 like, they'd have to be stupid to think that the average American citizen doesn't understand what this is about, nigga. Yeah, you're fucking with Al, Al Capone and you talking about tax evasion, nigga? You just want to get him on something, nigga. This is more about making sure Trump is not ready or not able to run in the next election. That's all this is about, man. The whole fucking world. My enemy and my enemy is my friend. People say, why do you fuck with Trump? Because the whole fucking conglomerate of evil people and corporations and shit is against them nigga that's why that easily lets me know whoever's kicking my slave if somebody comes on the plantation and starts beating the shit out of the plantation owner that just owned it i'm gonna say hey man until especially if he says man hey man i'm gonna free everybody on this man please get his motherfucking ass you got a lot of people like that's boss <laughs> can't beat boss nigga please everybody that we don't like Everybody that's doing their share to fuck up the world in a hidden way, behind the scenes, kind of manipulative, fuck with your kids and implant transgenderism and homosexuality and suicidal crazy thoughts into their brains, right? Disrupt the fabric of the fucking world as we knew it. Installing AI, artificial intelligence, moving the world into this whole place. We feel like, man, I don't think we'd, we'd, I don't think that humanity or humankind would be moving in this direction if we were just left naturally. You're pushing us into this age of being fucking, I don't know what we're going to be. Didn't we watch The Matrix? But anyway, back to Donald Trump. Yeah, man. Man the bitch, nigga, finna lock, trying to lock my president up, man. Now I feel what niggas felt. <clears throat> that was the point. Now I feel what niggas felt with Young Thug. Everybody was crying about Young Thug and Gunner and shit. Niggas was crying. I'm like, nigga, I don't give a fuck about them niggas. What the fuck you talking about? But Trump, I feel it. I'm like, ah, man, my whole day's fucked up, man. I, I'm in tuned into the news. I'm glued to the TV. What's going on with my president, man? Don't do it. Free Trump, nigga. Free the guys. <laughs> That's what they be saying. Free the guys. Free the guy. Yeah, I'm talking about free the guy. Shit. Fucking Donald Trump, man, my president. <clears throat> we need him more than ever right now, too. We need a gangster at the helm to steer this fucking shit back onto the course of humanity and righteousness and fucking real American values. Shit. Shit's getting out of fucking control. God damn it. These fucking transmissions running all into the state capital, rainbowed up, rainbows being shot. Now I feel like rainbow's about to be violent. Oh, they got violent rainbow shit. Rainbow used to be something about peace. Now they're going to know we're going to kill you if you don't suck a dick as a faggot. No, I'm sorry. As a maggot. <laughs> I hope I don't get a YouTube copy strike for that one. That's going to, you know what I meant? Like Eminem said in 8 Mile, nigga, Paul's gay, you're a faggot. When we say faggot, we don't mean gay. We mean that you have a weak, cowardly personality. That's not what gay is. We have some gay people that are strong and heroic. So it's not that. It's like being a nigga. You know what I'm saying? You can't call me a nigga, though, huh? I guess, yeah, don't call me no nigga. But I is a nigga, though. 
Oh my God, man. What is else is happening, man? Locking up my fucking president, man. I'm mad in the bitch. I just knew I was ready to go down and vote for Donald Trump, nigga, 2024, and get him back in the fucking White House, man, so we could steer this shit right. Nope. This nigga is going to be depleted from fucking going to trial and uh, it's crazy. And all the wicked shit going on in the world. That's what we have time to do, huh? Go after an ex-president for giving a hooker some hush money. That's what hookers is fucking meant for. Hush money. You don't pay her to fuck you. You pay her to leave. And Tommy Daniels didn't want to leave. Nigga, come on now. She should be on trial. Didn't I give you? <laughs> I did pay you, right? You're supposed to shut the fuck up. It's fucked up. Um, <clears throat> what else is on the docket? Uh, oh, LeBron James. Shit, LeBron James. Yeah, he does that. What did he do? He tied Kobe Bryant. Didn't he do some shit like that? Yeah, LeBron James silences critics who say he's not clutch, according to the clutch points. Uh, or according to clutch points, the latest clutch game winning basket ties him and Kobe for the most game winning baskets within the last 30 seconds of a game in the last 25 years. Yeah, so all those people out there talking about LeBron James isn't clutch. Michael Jordan's the more clutch. Shut up. You just, God damn. If you just want to suck Mike's balls over LeBron's balls, I get it. You know, but don't try to, he's not clutch. Fuck out of here. This nigga's hit more clutch shots than anybody, literally. You know what I'm saying? Like, literally, this nigga's clutch as fuck. That stigma, you get that stigma on you, it's hard to shake that jacket. Like, I got certain stigmas about me. Oh, man, he hates his own people. It'd be hard to shit. Like, man, you think I hate my own people because I'm talking different than the rest of the monkeys? Yeah, I'm talking free. I'm talking free ape talk, free silverback gorilla talk, and the rest of you chimpanzee and you monkeys in the cage, y'all, nigga, please. So it's hard to shake them jackets sometimes when you get it. You know what I'm saying? You get that jacket on you, and it'd be hard to fucking shake. And LeBron has worn that... Oh, because I like to pass to the open guy. I'm somehow not clutch. Nigga, Booby Gibson is wide open in the corner. Delonte West is wide open in the corner. Dwayne Wade, Donis Haslam. He's got, if they're open because the whole fucking team just collapsed on me, why wouldn't I take the easy shot? These niggas hit these shots all day in practice. All these niggas who I'm passing it to with wide open jump shots, all day in practice, these niggas hit this shit 20 in a row. Why would I not in the game kick it out to a nigga and give him a chance to hit a shot rather than me going up and trying to get fouled and you know what i mean <clears throat> so it is what it is man lebron james i haven't been necessarily riding for him as much as i normally do you guys know i'm i used to be a lebron stan he's still my favorite player of my generation of me watching basketball he's my favorite it was shaq and then it was him now then it's him so but um yeah I still think LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. I really do. I think LeBron James as a basketball player, he might not be as <clears throat> um only thing that I'd see is that he just played in two different eras. That's really the eras co conversation. You know what I mean? Michael Jordan would have to pass in this generation more because or else he'd be like Russell Westbrook. Like there's better players. When Michael Jordan played, there wasn't that many great wing players. That's just a fact. There was only a handful of wing players that was dominant and dominating beings on both ends. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Mike played in the 80s. You know, it's the same thing they do with Will. That's why I don't understand why they don't do it with Mike. They do it with Bill Russell. Bill Russell got 11 rings. Why don't people bring him up as one of the greatest? Well, he played in the time back in the 50s. That Well, the 50s and the 60s is just as big as jump. The 60s to the 80s, that's the same literal almost, as if you want to talk about talent, the same jump that happened from the 60s to the 80s, total different players, same jump happened from the 80s to when LeBron came in in the early 2000s. Like, that's a that's the same thing. The game had evolved that much. Michael Jordan probably would have scored 100,000 points back in Bill Russell's day. Same thing with LeBron. You put me back in the 80s, nigga. Where these niggas can't do, nigga, please, they can't do nothing with me. And I can physically, we can be physical. Like, that was the whole point. People acting like LeBron James cries a lot for free throws. No, he doesn't cry for fouls or fouls, they say. LeBron James does a lot of crying for fouls. But it's like Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, these dudes get, don't let them just hang on me because I'm so big. Call the same foul that you would call for bro who's skinny. You know what I mean? If you're going to let James Harden go to the rack and get an easy call, why when I go and three niggas bump into me just because I push the niggas off, still calling them fouls? So that's why I was kind of reminded to the refs, don't let these dudes beat up on me just because I'm 6'8", 260, um, built like Hercules. You feel me? 
So I'm glad LeBron James cemented that. I'm glad LeBron James cemented his name in clutchness. <laughs> Fuck you talking about. He's not clutch. Um, He's the number one clutch player. <laughs> he's hit the most clutch baskets. Find something else. So I hope he can win one more ring, too. If he can just get one more ring, five, six, okay, whatever. You know, it, it can't all be about rings or else Bill Russell's the greatest. The same mathematics that's used to say, no, Bill Russell can't be the greatest. I agree. I'm not arguing with you. I'm saying that the mathematic doesn't just stop with Bill Russell. That same mathematics that we're using to, to take a little bit of edge off of uh, uh, Bill Russell's 11 rings, same thing has to happen with Mike Six. Only difference is Bill Russell is not as big of a cultural icon to us as Michael Jordan was. Some damn shoes did more than what Bill Russell did being called a nigger, playing in the most racist climate that you could ever want to play as sports. For some reason, he doesn't hold the same cultural reverence that Michael Jordan does. We love Mike because of his shoes and because he basically ushered the way of individual black capitalism from an entertainer's perspective. All the time from when you become famous, you always felt some pull to do something for your community. Michael Jordan was the first athlete to say, I don't. Even Magic Johnson still was you know what I'm saying? Trying to have that obligation. I got to say, Michael Jordan was the first athlete, superstar, entertainer to say, fuck niggas if it's not my family. I'm not here to do nothing for black people. I'm here to do something for myself. And I'm going to be the, the biggest motherfucker on the planet Earth. That was never before seen. So now you have a whole generation of people to come after Michael Jordan. And that's who you see all in hip hop and all our individual millionaires who spend their lives on yachts replicating white people's. <laughs> They're replicating the children of white, of the white people who had to hustle, bustle and struggle in order to get their kids on yachts. These niggas want to have their first 10 years as millionaires and they jumping on yachts. They're not even building and carving out, you know, legacies for their people. But anywho. Michael Jordan is the father of that way of thinking, right? Prior to Michael Jordan, it was Dr. J, Magic Nutt. You got to do something for your people. The Afro brothers, you got to do something for black people. Michael Jordan represents the first athlete that was like, fuck that shit. So now, because we all are on that kind of timing, he is our God, right? Well, Bill Russell has 11 rings. I mean, Bill Russell was on that soul brother back to, you know, black people helping each other shit. Michael, six rings, but six is less than 11. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to give you $11. Nah, as a matter of fact, I'm going to give you six. Ooh, great. No, nigga, what happened to the 11? And everything else that you do, more is better. Only with us do we just disrupt Bill Russell's 11 rings. And because of he played in a different time. Oh, wow. All right. I don't know if Michael Jordan would have, how he would have fared if he could have played against Steph Curry, stepping over half court, throwing the ball up in the air for three points. You know what I mean? He had a tough time with Reggie. You know what I mean? How would he fare against a six foot 10, six foot 11, seven foot Kevin Durant? I don't know how good he would do if Kawhi Leonard was guarding him. Paul George. I don't know. I'm just asking Clay Thompson in the corner. I'm just guessing James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose. I don't know how good he would have did against Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Kobe Bryant. Who knows how good Michael Jordan would have done? You know what I mean? In a league where you got motherfuckers flying all over the place, coming, creating crazy shit. Fuck you talking about? This nigga went against Clyde Toilet Bowl Head Drexler, man. Don't fucking talk to me about Michael Jordan. Clyde Toilet Drexler? Nigga, please. Fuck you talking about? Let's go. Ah, doom, 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 doom. Oh, I got a little segment on my show where I'm going to start introducing black inventors just for the people who watch and listen. Every show now, I'm going to bring up somebody who's a black inventor. And the first one is today's episode is Lonnie George Johnson. Do you guys know who Lonnie George Johnson is? Do you know who Lonnie is? Do you know who Lonnie George Johnson is. Lonnie George Johnson in, in, uh, invented this fucking super soaker. That was a big ass fucking gun when he was coming up. The super soaker was the shit. Yes. Lonnie George Johnson, an engineer, invented the super soaker water gun, which was a top selling toy in the United States in 1991 to 1992. 
Yes, yes. You guys remember the Super Soaker? Even Soldier Boy. There would be no Soldier Boy without Lonnie George Johnson. Nigga, without Lonnie. Oh, Lonnie J. Oh, Lonnie. Man, Lonnie J. So, yeah, Lonnie George Johnson invented the Super Soaker. On the North Star Podcast, from now on, I'm going to start doing that. Every episode I do, I'm going to introduce you guys to a black inventor until you guys understand that. Our contributions to this country are deeper than fucking rap and entertainment, man. We are the brains. We're the thinkers. We're the, we're the timing. We're the energy. We're the spirit of this goddamn country. That's why they're trying to use us to make all this other bullshit look okay. They couldn't just come out and do it. So what did they use? Hip hop. Our cultural art form has been used to push demonic behavior, criminality, homosexuality, transgenderism. Everything is being done and pushed and okayed and thumbs up and patted on the back by hip hop. Because if hip hop does it, huh, if hip hop says it's okay, it's okay, man, <laughs> to the young generation. Super soak that bitch. <laughs> Uh, what else is happening in the world? Are you guys excited about UFC? Huh? I am. This Saturday, UFC 287, Israel Adesonia versus Alex Pereira and Jorge Mafedov versus Burns and a couple other fighters. Man, this is going to be a great, great fucking card. Um, I've been watching. I love when Jorge Masvidal is in the fucking news. When Jorge Masvidal, he's like Conor McGregor. You know what I'm saying? But Conor's a white dude from Ireland. So I can only feel him to a certain point. I love the bravado. I love the brashness. I love the quick wit. I love the, the brain of Conor McGregor. But when Jorge gets to jigging, it just feels a, lot, a little bit closer to home because that's my Latino. That's my Latino hermano. That's my Latino carnad. You know what I'm saying? That little bit closer kinship with my Latinos. You know what I'm saying? How he be vibing and talking and shit, you know what I'm saying? He got that Caribbean swag. He be out there in Miami riding around like Scarface, like he's off that shit, but we know he ain't. He's training. Yeah, you know I mean? And it just feels good to see him riding this old school. Who was that? Was that with Brett Nakayami, whatever the dude's name, UFC? I'm sorry. I'm f- fucked up your name. But, um, yeah, he's riding the drop top old school, riding through Miami. You see him fucking with the Zopal, nigga. He's fucking with the Haitians, nigga. He's fucking with the Jamaicans, nigga. He's fucking with the Cubans, the Puerto Ricans. He's fucking with all, man. He's just fucking with the whole culture. Kobe, stop that. You're the king of Miami shit, nigga. It's Jorge. It's a <laughs> Obviously, it's Jorge. Obviously, duh, stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, this nigga is literally riding around the city. People are honking on the freeways. This nigga's flexing, no driving and shit, talking Spanish and shit. He just got that machismo, man. So, man, I really want as much as I, I like Gilbert Burns, and I acknowledge Gilbert Burns is a great fighter. He's a great, great um, jujitsu artist, um, and his striking has definitely improved. When he came in, he was mostly jujitsu, but now um, his striking has definitely came up. I mean, he fucking knocked Hazmat my left ear out of socket, nigga. <laughs> he was scrapping, so... It's not going to be an easy fight, but, but um, this is going to be a very, very important fight for both fighters. More important for Jorge Masvidal, for Jorge. Um, I really feel like this is going to say a lot about where he goes and who he is as a fighter going forward. I don't necessarily know about the retirement talk, but he might just be a big name person who fighters beat up on to kind of jumpstart their career. The stepping stone, which is exactly what he said he didn't want to be. But um, for both fighters, um, I feel that this is a possible number one um possible number one number one contenders match even though dana white um basically came out and said that the winner of or that colby gets the next shot at um leon edwards for the welterweight strap things could go either way and jorge brought up a good point he said i don't know if dana white's into booking matches as much as he is into selling pay-per-views and we know that this is big business ufc's big business right they just combined with um, the WWE. Yeah, UFC and WWE have collaborated under the parent company Endeavor. Um, assets combined, assets to be a combined $21 billion. Wow, that's a lot of money. So that's what I mean. This is a business. This isn't something where we're just trying to put on fights. And if you mean to tell me that 10 people say they're going to show up to watch Colby Covington and pay tickets to watch Colby Covington versus Leon Edwards. And then I get a memoir after Jorge Masvidal fucking knocks out Gilbert Burns with a flying knee. You mean to tell me a hundred people said that they want to tune in to see uh three piece in a soda answered for Jorge Masvidal versus Leon Edwards. You mean, oh, 10 people said they're going to show up for Colby versus Edwards, 
but you just got a letter that said now there's a hundred tickets waiting to be bought. If we can just book Masvidal over Kobe, I think that this is a business and we try Kobe, you get the winner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's when you got to put Kobe's got to put Kobe ass on that. Kobe, I promise you, man, you're going to get the winner of this, thing, but we have to sell this fucking pay-per-view right now. Three piece in a soda. So yeah, big fight, big fight. Uh, Israel Adesanya, of course, is going to be fighting um, Alex Pereira for the fourth time. I believe this will be the last time these gentlemen meet in the ring. Um, in the octagon, sorry, this will be the last time that um, Alex Pereira and Jorge Masvidal meet in the octagon. Um, did I just say Jorge Masvidal? <laughs> I'm sorry, that Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira will be meeting in the octagon. This is it. You can't get it done. He already beat you three times, Izzy. He beat you a fourth. It's a wrap. Pereira, I think you've already established in our brains that if you and Israel were fighting for the last piece of chicken to eat on earth, that you would get the chicken, right? But we can't do this again, right? We can't do this again. We already understand that. We're going to move you in a different direction. I think actually Alex Pereira should jump up. He should go up to either light heavyweight or even possible heavyweight. But um, I think that's what he'll do. After this, regardless, he should go up to the next weight level. And then I think if Izzy wins, on the other hand, it should just pretty much um, restart his dominance that he was about to um, impose on the middleweight division. I don't think Izzy should jump up or can jump up. He fought um, Blakovic. He fought him at 185. <laughs> he was still a fucking middleweight. So I think Izzy's just at his good weight. So now I think it'll be about making making sure people don't forget Israel Adesanya. Y'all must have forgot I'm a bad motherfucker. He might lap the whole division again, knock out everybody in the middleweight division that's been talking shit, laughing, snickering at the fact that he lost a prayer out three times. I know he's heard some snickers. Yeah, man, I know that Israel Adesanya has heard some <clears throat> this and all oh, slick comments. Nobody talks slick. When I was on the mountain, nobody had slick shit to say because you know I would call you out at the end of a fight, right? You know, Israel Adesanya talk slick, nigga, and I'm going to call you out, beat your ass in this motherfucking octagon. So it wasn't too much slick talk to happen with old Israel Adesanya. And then he loses to Pereira. Now everybody has little slick comments. And, oh, you see how big Pereira is? Israel's like, man, I give up. Like, what the fuck? How big? First, that's the same thing y'all said about Yorel Romero. He's so tough, so dense, so hard, so this and that. Beat his motherfucking ass. And I'm going to beat this motherfucking Pereira's ass, too. And then all you bitches. Just got to get on and shine my shoe, you trick ass marks. Yeah, Israel out of sight, revert back to calling you motherfuckers tricks marks, like we called niggas back in the 90s. You trick ass mark, buster ass mark. You know what I'm saying? Y'all must have forgot Izzy. I'm picking Izzy. I'm picking Izzy. I don't give a fuck. Izzy look like he had him. If you keep having him, all you got to do is finish now. It's not like Alex Pereira kicks Izzy's ass every time. It's the actual reverse. Israel Adesanya be beating the shit out of Alex Pereira, and then this nigga just turns up the gas. All you got to do now, Izzy, is to step on his head. Don't give him that time to turn up the gas. I'm getting you out of here in the third round. In the third round, it's over. One of us is being carried out on the stretcher. If you're not willing and ready to leave on a stretcher, then it's going to be you. I can't wait. You guys know I'm a fucking UFC fight nut. I really got to get that podcast started, Gladiator Pods. Gladiator School Podcast. I really, I really got to get on that. <sighs> it's going to take me watching more fights. Right now, I kind of watch them for fun. But if I'm going to have a podcast centered and geared around um, mixed martial arts and fighting, then I'm going to have to want to do a little bit more research and studying and watching and, you know, knowing about knowing what I'm talking about. So, But Gladiator School Podcast is coming. Is that it? Is that it, people? Is that it? I think that might be it. I think that might be it. I think, I think. Oh, no, there's a couple more. Do you guys think that Drake is throwing subliminal disses at Kanye on his new song? Yeah, I don't know. If they re reignite that beef again, that beef is kind of old, man. Like, stop fucking with OEA, man. You know the nigga that went through some shit, nigga, now. You know what I mean? It's a different thing when you beat up Tyson when he's spry and bouncing on his toes but after Douglas after Buster Douglas beats him and Robin Givens gets him and he gets ran through the ringer by Don King it ain't the same and Kanye just been through too much shit to be trying to pick her you're to your you're at the height of your game can we stop doing songs called Kim which is voices in it is that what the new song is the new song by Drake got Kim Kardashian's voice in it hey man leave me and my bitch alone man Drake you fucking sniper God damn, everybody knows you're a sniper, okay? Everybody knows you're a fucking sniper. Will you leave my bitch out of this, Drake? Out of your crosshairs? Damn. 
That nigga just gets the poke. And he always pokes the same hole, too. It's always the Kim. I fuck Kim. It's always that. It ain't never no, like, yeah, nigga, let's really have an album off. Nigga, let's, nigga, I'm better than you on all levels. Nah, it's, I fuck Kim. I fuck Kim. When you guys were together in Calabasas. You know what I'm saying? He always pokes that. Hey, man. Fucking Drake. Drake's dad said it was not that. So we'll listen to the OG Aubrey. We'll listen to Mr. Graham. We're gonna listen to Mr. Graham on that one. Da, 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 da. All right, y'all. I'm about to get on out of here, but before I do, just an update on what I've been watching. I've been getting caught up on the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, everybody. I know I'm late, but I'm getting caught up on the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, I'm all caught up on Snowfall now, just like I told you guys I would be. Um, yeah, Franklin's on some wild shit. I really think that the auntie's gonna smoke him. I think that in um, Snowfall at Jerome's funeral, when Auntie asked, why did you come back for me? She asked Franklin, why did you come back for me? You could have just let me get killed. And I thought he was going to say, because I love you, because it was what Jerome would have wanted, something that would have made her questioning, question setting him up. But when he came back with the answer that it was just strictly business, yeah, she's going to go ahead and set Franklin up for the 187. So yeah, I'm all caught up on fucking that. I'm all caught up on Book of Power. I'm I'm, I'm all good, man. What else? Like I said, Wu Tang Clan is something. Oh, fucking Dave, the new Dave with what's the dude's name? What's the dude's name? The white dude with the curly hair who raps. Dave, you know you got the show on FX. Dave, great fucking show. That starts out tonight. Actually, I'm gonna have to go out there and check that out tonight. So yeah, I'll be probably watching a little bit of that while I chill and relax and do my thing tonight. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed your Wednesday. This will be a Thursday, though. You'll be listening to this podcast on a Thursday. So enjoy your Thursday, Friday's Eve. We're almost there, people. Don't forget, like I said, click those links, get those merchandise. I have got the orders. There's been like four orders that have been ordered just recently. I just want you guys to know, and I know you guys watch the podcast, that those orders have been fulfilled and they will be shipped out seven to 10 business days. I appreciate you for buying those sweaters too. Yeah, you're going to start seeing more people out there in my, in my logos and my gears. The more my podcast grows, the more people are going to start to understand that they're listening to a unique individual who has something to say. It's my perspective. It's my feelings. It's my experiences all coming out in the podcast. I don't jump into character. This is just me. You know what I mean? This is just me. So I am 24-7. Uh, you have rocked with Simba Ali and the North Star podcast. I appreciate it. And don't forget, common sense is the best form of currency because it can be spent anywhere. I'll holla at y'all another time.